Hello, sinners, saints, brothers, and sisters. I am so glad that you're here for another episode where we will inevitably explore our joy, shake our fists, and try to find our way in the midst of this chaotic world. Sinner Saint Sister really hopes to remind people that you are never, ever alone. So if you like today's episode, please share it with a friend. Maybe share it with your Bible study. Leave a review and like and subscribe. Look for extras on YouTube at youtube.com slash Allison Sullivan. I hope you hear something that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Center Saint Sister. It had been a rough season. Because depression is rarely discussed and poorly written about, I didn't identify with it right away. I wasn't a woman staring out of a window during a rainstorm or whatever other cliches we might have about what it's supposed to look like. But instead, I was a woman resigned to her bed. I was isolating myself more and more, creating an echo chamber of hateful, hopeless thoughts. I spent eight hours a day listening to true crime and playing addictive games on my phone. I was obviously in expert hands, but I still didn't think I was depressed. I thought the world was incredibly heavy and hardly anyone else was carrying the weight of it. So I zigged when I was supposed to zag and I threatened to show up to cocktail parties and sweats without a bra. And I daydreamed of many other scenarios that would make me historical for all the wrong reasons. I coached myself to be furiously happy. I counted my blessings. But underneath it all was a deep hatred for the moral failing of so many little things kicking my ass. Then one day, I woke up so tired that I felt this dull desire to not exist. That sounds scarier than I intend, but it was true. I called a handful of people that would take me seriously but not panic. They circled the wagons so tight that it can make me cry to think about it for too long. They kicked out everything ugly and confusing, and they shoved me towards good and simple. They told me I didn't have depression because things were going badly or well. I just have it. It was a silent assault that cared little about my circumstances. With patience from loved ones and significant medical support, I have inched towards health. Summer's here, and I feel new life. I'm figuring out some meds, and I feel better. I'm afraid to say so because it feels like a jinx. And I'm certain that depression doesn't have some tidy conclusion, but instead an awareness. And I think I have the things I need. Cameron Belm. She was a true source of love and light on the internet. She was a refuge for me during this time. Her words, her poetry, her prayers, they were a balm. And it felt important to me to not just meet her in person, but to also share her with you. I hope you enjoy this episode. Sinners, saints, sisters, do you need a speaker for your event? Do you need someone to lead your retreat? It would be all my joy to serve and spread God's love to you and the people you gather with compassionate leadership, Bible-based teaching, authentic life stories, and a lot of laughter at heart. You can reach me at centersaintsister at gmail.com. Cameron, you're here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We finally did it. <laughs> I feel like Thank we have been... Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yes, we've been planning this for a long time. And I've wanted to have you on for so long because... Um, I just really love the way that you think. I love the way that you write and you share. And every time I experience you, whether it's um, some reflection of yours or a prayer or a poem, what have you, I sigh and I think to myself, how much bigger is the God that we serve over the one that we think we serve? 
you, like you just have this oh, really, I, uh, I just, you have this really expansive approach and um, you also have a real gift for naming things. And that might sound silly, but I think there's a lot of power in, in naming things. And so there've been like too many times to count that I have been wrestling with something or have this like knot of emotions and I'll read something of yours and it will feel untangled somehow. Um, it's like you have this really unique ability to, ability to write exactly what I'm feeling. And um, I just haven't given enough time or space, you know, to sort it out. And I know that there are a million people that feel the same way as, the same way as me. So um, you're just a motivator for me to take care of myself, to take better care of myself, to give myself more time and space, because I can feel these like, you know, these shared emotions, these shared experiences. It's just, I haven't given myself enough time to process them. And you encourage me to do that all the time. And I'm so grateful to share you with the people who listen to Center Saint Sister. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying yes. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for all of those nice, wonderful things. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's, it's so important. So encouraging. Oh, well, good. I think um, one of the first ways that I came about your work were some of the prayers that you were writing during a time where the world felt especially hopeless and none of us really knew anything else to do except for pray. And, um, and I was so intrigued because prayer has always been pretty private for me, you know, it's like, um, you had this ability to take a, a personal prayer, but then make it meaningful and accessible to other people. And there was something about how you did that, that felt beautiful and new. And now that I'm, <laughs> now that I'm saying that it sounds a little silly because that's exactly what the Psalms are. But anyways, the way that you did it <laughs> felt, <laughs> the way that you did it, um, the way that you poured out your prayers, to others, it really ministered um, to me. And so it was like we had this shared starting point together, but then you would take me to places on, on my own. Um, and then there was just so much of it because you're such a beautiful writer that felt <laughs> like um, like poetry. But how did this practice for you come to be? Do you consider yourself a poet? What are your thoughts on poetry as prayer? I would love to know how you got started writing and the places it's taken you. Yeah, I, so I did, um, I studied English and Russian in college and then did a PhD in Russian literature. Really? And yeah, so I, so as one I does, have, <laughs> as one does, right. You know, somebody's got to do it. Um, and I think that for a very long time, I think language was something that was really intertwined with my faith and thinking about logos, the word, mm. um, yeah. and just the intricacy of language is something that has always brought me a lot of joy and something that I've always seen as really sacred. And I have, um, I don't, my, my prayer life changes all the time, you know, depending on what, I mean, you probably have a prayer, different prayer life in the summer than you do in the, yeah, the right. Year. Yeah. Good um, point. Yeah. And I, but one thing that has been really consistent for me has been, um, writing. I have just like, um, in Russian, you call someone who has a writing obsession, a grafaman. And I just have like millions of journals and that is just for a very long time. What I, what I did. And, um, my kids are getting a little bigger now. They are four and a half and almost eight, but 
a lot of when I started writing those prayers and poems was when they were littler. Uh Um, And I think those um, responsibilities of mothering young children, they are, are very, it's very physically demanding. If you're nursing, you're changing diapers, you're chasing, you're chasing after a toddler. You're You're up in the middle of the night. Yes. Up in the middle of the night. And there was, I found interestingly enough, I mean, I was exhausted as we all are during those times, but I found that there was so much, um, mental space for my mind to, to just wander free. Mm -hmm. And how this really started was I would go to spiritual direction at my Mm -hmm. parish. I would take my baby, my baby Francis with me. And, um, and I would really, for like a year, I would just complain to my spiritual director that there was so much going on at the parish that I I couldn't be there. Um, nights are really hard. Weekends Mm -hmm. are hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and they still are, we don't have family close. So, um, I was really lamenting that I was not able to be involved with all these amazing ministries that the way that I, that I wanted to be. Right. Um, but you know, I had all of this, um, mental space and just thoughts swirling in my mind during all this time when I was, you know, driving to library story time or whatever. Right. And I think I started doing it before I realized what I was doing. And I also did not think in any way that anyone else would care about it. It felt like something, it felt like something that I needed to do for myself Mm -hmm. and particularly, um, a lot of it, is in response to the news and world events. And it feels to me like writing these prayers and poems is the way that I metabolize the news in my body. And it feels, it just feels necessary for me to have all of these emotions and then to tack them to something tangible, like language and words and to, to be crying out to God, which I know we almost always are. There's always yeah. something to be, to be crying out to God about. And I started showing these to my spiritual director and she was like, wow, this is really good. And I'm not just saying that. And I was like, yeah. really? <laughs> <laughs> I've been dispensing goldfish and changing diapers all day. Really? You like it? Thank you. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Gosh, I relate to so much of that. You know, I used to think that I required a special amount of space um, because I'm an introvert. And now I don't think that, yeah, now I don't think that it's an introversion thing. I think it's just um, a human thing. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I think we all need to create time and space. It's not... um, it's not silence as much as like in a, in a literal Mm -hmm. way, it's more of like a a search. It's more of a posture, a searching, just that time Mm -hmm. and space to, Mm -hmm. yeah, like to just, you know, kind of think and feel and kind of take this little mental checklist of, okay, what am I on top of? What am I, what's, what's on top of me? What's, what's beneath, what am I, you know, what are these things that I'm and what, how am I in, in relation to all of them? And it just, it feels really, really necessary, but there's something about watching someone else go first that makes me able to say, okay, this is necessary for me too. And anyways, you just, you just kind of paved the way. Um, so thank you. Well, there are a lot of, there are a lot of people who, whose work inspires me and I mean, visual artists, like I am just not at all gifted in that arena. (laughs) Isn't that great? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And just any, anything technical, anything with videography. Yeah. No, I just can't, I just hopeless with that kind of stuff, but I really, it felt then like, Oh, okay. Well, this is I, what I told my spiritual director was I want to be part of the life of the church. I just want to be part of the life of the church. And so then I started doing this and then, um, and then just connected with so many people and so many, so many churches, so many parishes and all different denominations. And um, it really was a lifesaver during yeah. COVID. I think yeah. Um, yeah. our kids, our kids were two and five when COVID started and having this meaningful work and being able to be connected to um, being able to be connected to a community, um, outside of the, like the literal four yeah. walls of my house has been yeah. such a lifesaver. And a lot of times I just, a, a word or a phrase will come to me and I would just sit with it. And then I either, yeah. you know, I'm like, Oh, I have 45 minutes while you're at the dentist. Mm-hmm. I'll tap this mm-hmm. out of my phone. Yeah. But I think that, um, I don't know. It's just a part of who I am. And it's to the extent that anyone is um, encouraged at all by anything that I write is just <laughs> a gift. You know, it's just, <laughs> you know, there's something about um, creating that space. I think I said this a second ago, but just that makes me a better human. And, but, but if you were to break it down and get really specific, so, okay, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a yoga instructor. I speak, I, um, you know, Right. Um, and there's something about taking that space in our culture of hectic schedules and long to do lists and, you know, all of those things that, you know, making me a better mom, it makes me if I have that space and if I take care of myself in that way, I'm not going to freak out when or I'm less likely. <laughs> Anyway, I'm less likely to freak out if they've taken off their shoes in the car for like the jillionth time before we're getting out to go to the store or, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm less likely or I'm more likely, excuse me, to give my husband some benefit of some doubt, or I'm more Mm -hmm. likely Mm -hmm. to even like while teaching yoga to not fill an empty space, you know, like just Mm -hmm. let there, let there be, that's okay. That's okay. So there's some, you know, there are just real advantages to taking care of ourselves in, in way, like, I think that a lot of time when we hear maybe the term self-care or whatever, we can think of a lot of the things of, of not to do. Okay. Don't do this. Don't, you know, don't, you know, schedule too much or whatever. And then it's, it's like, but what do we do? What are things that we mm-hmm. do need to do? Um, you know, when I think about your writing and the, and the prayers that you share, that wasn't a surprise to me to be so moved in that way to pray. Um, but the way that you did surprise me um, was your devotional writing because I am a little choosy about devotionals. Oh, I, d- I don't blame you. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm, t- I'm not bragging. Like I am, I am, I feel some remorse. Okay. But I no, feel like no, they I don't can, think you should choose uh, what feeds you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, but I feel like they can preach and I feel like they can oversimplify and I feel like they never leave enough room for my bad moods you know, <laughs> <laughs> or my doubts or whatever. But, but and if you would have told me, but, and I also have trouble with the saints. It's like, I have trouble connecting to someone that feels really untouchable in a sanct- 
defying way. Like I, I, that doesn't, I don't relate to that. And if you would have told me that I would be like grasping for devotionals that connect me to saints, I would have been like, ha ha. I would have been chuckling in a very sarcastic way. Um, so anyways, tell me more about the projects that you have taken on with devotional writing and connect and helping your sisters connect to the saints, because it is transformative for me. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to hear that. I know. I I still think there are, I feel like some of the medieval saints are harder to connect to. And just, this is what I found in my researching as well. Um, You know, the, the less source material that you have to work with, the harder it is to connect with someone, but the saints are just so, so very human. And um, this all started as a project I would do at our gym this was like in 2019. So pre-COVID, our gym has childcare. So I would like uh-huh. go and work out and have my son in the childcare. And then I would go up to the little gym cafe oh, yes. and write this Advent devotional on the um, homilies of St. Oscar Romero, which are works of art. And I was just like, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to write this thing and put it out there. And I did that a couple of years in a row. And then, um, Lauren Winter at Brickhouse in the City contacted me and was um, interested in, you know, working with me on a devotional. And I was like, whoa, yay, because she's awesome, obviously. Um, and so we we handpicked a lineup of really diverse, um, really impressive, but also really relatable saints, I think. Uh-huh. Um, it's really important to me Um that our lineup always reflect the diversity of the body of Christ. And Amen. as you know, like, yeah, Meg Hunter Kilmer is like the, um, the torchbearer on that. She does such amazing work also. So I totally want to plug her too. Um, but just like reading about these people's lives and just the real struggles that they had and, and weaving that together through a liturgical season, weaving it together with um, selections from the, the daily mass readings, and then just having a, a couple of questions for reflection, but, um, but also leaving space and just acknowledging, I, I think one thing that Jesus always does is call a thing what it is and leave mm. space for it to be. Mm. Um, you know, you think about Jesus when Lazarus dies, he doesn't rush through the grief. He stops mm. and he weeps and he, I think, makes space in that moment for all of human grief, even knowing, okay, I'm going to raise Lazarus. Yeah. Yeah. Lazarus, And I, I think... Um, that's one of the things that I love the most about our faith is the mystery, but also just the space that we have for sorrow, which is just an unavoidable part of being human. Um, yeah. I love um, Our Lady of Sorrows. It's <laughs> 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 okay. That's okay. Good Taylor to edit that out. <laughs> or not. I mean, I kind of like it. <laughs> okay. My earbud just fell out and it's okay. Yeah. I don't like um, to slick a finish. Let's, let's, yeah, let's keep, keep it, it Taylor. I am We're totally, gonna... <laughs> totally all about keeping it real. But um, the sorrowful mysteries are my favorite mysteries. And um, I just always, I just, I, I feel like my relationship with God is one of just extreme gentleness. And that mm. is something that I always want to convey in yes. um, devotionals, particularly. Mm. And, and especially, I think, um, especially when there's 
you know, primarily I have written for Lent and for Advent and Mm -hmm. Advent is just a super, super busy season. Mm -hmm. And so what I always want to do with those is to try to create a place of rest. And then Lent also that there's this pressure to like, I'm not even kidding inside of my kitchen cabinet. They're still there. My list from a couple of years ago, I kept all of them. Like every Lent I would make a list with like eight different categories and every year they would get longer. Like, okay, I'm going to do uh-huh. this. And on Fridays, I'm going to yeah. do the stages of the cross and I'm going to yeah. do this and I'm going to do this. And they just get longer and longer. And I think the desire to draw near to God by, by, by doing all of those things is I think a good and holy desire, but I think it's also a good and holy thing to recognize when it's too much and it's not something that when it's something that is, is leading you further away, I think from, from communion with God. One thing that keeps coming up in our conversation is this word space, you know? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that there's something really special, probably because we don't get enough of it, of like this lingering, you know, you linger over what you love and you wouldn't linger over anything that you didn't love. And you wouldn't love anything that you didn't linger over in in Mm -hmm. some sort of way. Like there's something really special about that that is a salve for our soul. And Mm -hmm. I think that like just in a little bit of our interactions, you've simplified that to just paying attention. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, like just creating some, here's that word again, space to pay attention. Um, And so how is just simply paying attention a holy practice for you? Um, yeah, it's a, something that I think about a lot and it's the, the subject of the next project that I'm like working Ooh. on at a, at a, at a, at a snail's pace, but, um, there's, it, it's woven together. I think for me as a spiritual practice, it starts with, um, Mary Oliver saying attention is the beginning of devotion. And she's mm-hmm. kind of the queen of these holy enigmas. Like that statement is, at the very end of an essay called Upstream, and it's about it's about visiting the stream, and it's this you know pages and pages of lovely prose, and then just bam at the end, attention is the beginning of devotion. Um, but I was thinking about that this morning and thinking about puzzling out what that means. And you know, I was thinking about how many times Jesus too is enigmatic, and the oh, number gracious. the number of times that the disciples, which I find very comforting personally, just don't get it. Um, totally. and they don't understand. And I, you know, Jesus, or of even course, recognize him. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like Jesus, <laughs> when you think about what the choices that he could have made versus the choices that he did make, I just thought this morning, oh, there must just be something really sacred in that, um, in that kind of struggle with the, with enigma. Um, and then the next part of it is um, a lot of it is based on Ignatian spirituality, mm-hmm. the idea that we find God in all things. And that has been really important to me, even before I ever heard of St. Ignatius, when I finally heard of him, I was like, oh, that is the yeah. ice cream flavor for me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. And then um, the other one that's kind of, it's kind of like a tripod of a theoretical approach to. Um, that is the uh, ice cream to- flavor for me. I'm sorry. I'm going to use that. That's fantastic. <laughs> It's my mint chocolate chip. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, please, 
like the tripod of my approach to attention. The third leg is um, Simone oh. Weil, who is such an interesting 20th century mystic, basically. And um, she wrote a lot about attention as prayer and said mm. attention taken to its highest degree is prayer. And mm. um, like any mystic, you got to wrestle with her with her work but um I was thinking this morning that um I think in paying attention and relating to an incarnational world that was all of us and everything around us created by a creator that by paying attention to not only to the natural world and to ourselves but to other human beings mm -hmm. that by paying attention to created things mm -hmm. that we are kind of in constant dialogue with their creator oh, wow. um that's so really that's beautiful. kind of Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm, that's, I that. It's, you know, thoughts that come to you in the shower. God bless you. Oh, right? right? The shower. <laughs> that's, what that's is the it? space. That's the space that we all need. <laughs> yes. I've mentioned before that for me, a lot of times it's right as I'm falling asleep. And I think it's because I'm really non-critical then. And so I'm like oh. just falling asleep and I'll have this really great idea. And I'm like, oh, I'll remember it in the morning. I never do. Oh, <laughs> Such, I know. Yeah. I just need the notepad by the bed and I need to stay asleep and scribble something down. And anyways. I'll learn one of these days. I'll do it. Um, you know, I, I think that what you say, it's like we all have this desire to find God everywhere. And there are really easy moments to find God, whether that's, you know, some awesome event like, I don't know, doing something like really supernatural, like giving birth or, you know, on top of totally. a mountain or, you know, totally. I mean, whatever yeah. the things are. I mean, life provides some really amazing ways to connect with our God. Um, mm -hmm. But if we believe in this omnipresent God who's mm -hmm. everywhere all the time, then he can't just be, you know, I don't know, reduced to what it is that we consider awesome. I mean, mm -hmm. he's in the mundane too, you know? And so I, I just find that um, inspirational to whatever God has you doing, do it. There are questions to ask, like, okay, what do you have for me here? And maybe instead of why do you have me here, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we can smell the coffee and smell the grass and I don't know, change the diaper, whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, if, if, if he's always there and if it's really just about it being on us to notice, you know, that, that just seems like a really manageable challenge for me that feels like you say gentle. It's such a gentle way to say, you know, here I am. So yeah. I, I, I love that word. Thank you for the, for, um, kind of highlighting that gentleness. Um, okay. So we have been through a lot <laughs> as a world, as a church. Um, how are you taking care of yourself these days? What would you, what would you say to the person who feels like the weight of the world is unbearable and like maybe they feel like they're the only one carrying it? Oh gosh. Yeah. And I think that is so, so many of us, um, First, I would just have to say, I am not the best at it. Yesterday, I literally made a list of things to do when I don't know what to do. And it was like, take yeah. a walk in the neighborhood, yeah. like <laughs> um, things like that or um, exercising. But for me, it's it's almost always reading, um, mm. 
reading almost anything. I, I do read, I read a lot of theology and I read a lot of spiritual books, books but I learn just as much from um, memoirs and history books. And um, I just trying to, I'm also really, I, I, I feel like I am now after COVID, like just the gold star of all introverts now. Yeah. Um, but, but reaching out to connect to someone yes. who yes. understands, but also just, um, I think this summer I'm going to try to walk a lot of labyrinths. There's a mm. bunch of labyrinths yeah. here in Seattle to just, mm. or to just like go to the church and on your lunch break or whatever and, and, and light a candle and just mm-hmm. sit for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be anything big and it doesn't have to be anything that, that costs money. Right. Um, yeah. and I yes. also think at, at a certain point I'm like, okay, this, there comes a time when I have to just cut myself off from my phone. And I think that is, yeah. this is probably all of us when you feel like your heart is a little bit too broken and you know, you're, um, snapping at your kid because you're just really mad at Congress or whoever that I'm like, okay, I gotta like, this is not about you, bud. Sorry about that. Um, just need to step away, step away. But, um, you know, the thing that, that is the greatest comfort to me in the entirety of my life is just the, the, the solidarity of, the suffering of Jesus, the suffering of Jesus carrying his cross. And, um, you know, we say like, we find God in all things and you know what, and it it is in those moments where it's like my, my son laughing or, or something like that. It's very easy to see God in those moments, but then what about in disasters and, and COVID and, um, shootings and just war, terrible things that are happening that are, that are terrifying. Where's God in those moments wrapping his arms around us, Mm. I think. Um, you know, and it's the, the suffering Christ is a Christ that has been very present to me, Mm -hmm. um, in the last couple of years. Um, and just the sense of not being alone, of, of having, a God who knows what it is to endure human suffering is yeah. endlessly comforting to me. Absolutely. I, um, you know, I, I grew up as a, a Protestant and still, um, really enjoy Protestant friendships and services and retreats and, and whatever. And so, um, I have a lot of crossover and I will often, in a very kind way, get um, the question of why does your church display the crucifix in such a way? Mm-hmm. Like why him on the cross when he's not there anymore? Why is that displayed in such a prominent way? Mm-hmm. And the and the the answer is just what you say. I love that our church doesn't skip over the gritty details of his death. And it somehow it helps me deal with my own gritty details. I feel so met, um, there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's so interesting too. I was raised Catholic and then spent about eight years in the evangelical church and then came back to the Catholic church. So I can, I also kind of have a foot in Uh in both worlds. Um, but to me, you know, we, we believe, of course, that all human beings bear the image of God. And I feel like the suffering of Christ just makes it really easy for me to see the suffering Christ and everyone and mm-hmm. uh, everyone around me who is suffering and that there is a sacred 
link there basically yeah. is something yeah. that really keeps me going. I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, just as we kind of, I feel like a lot of, you know, the, the theme of our conversation has been about kind of taking our own little emotional temperature, you know, um, like there's, there's a little bit of diagnosis involved, but I love the way that you go about it because it's not in a harsh way. It's in a very gentle way. Um, and so I have these, um, signs and it's reminding me that I need to get back to this because I've kind of fallen away from this practice. And actually, when I return to it, it will probably be in a much kinder way. But by my sink, it's where I brush my teeth in the morning and at night, there's a sign and one says prepare and then the other one says examine. And so when hmm. I brush my teeth in the morning, I'm kind of preparing for the day and I'm kind of, you know, just taking a mental note of, of what are my goals for this day? How can I love the person that God puts in front of me, whoever that might be? Um, and then at the, at the end of the day, it's examine, you know, okay, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. how'd I do with those things? And I can tend to be a little hard on myself, but, um, but I, I think, you know, returning to that with all of this as a foundation feels really inspirational to me right now. So thank you for all of that. Oh, that's, good. that's one way I'm going to apply our, our little conversation. Um, what are you hopeful for Cameron? Oh my gosh. Even though you told me you were going to ask me this question, <laughs> I feel like it's a list. Okay. What about this? What like if you tell me? Long. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, tell us what you're working on and where to follow you. And then we'll come back to what you're hopeful for. I want okay. people to connect with you in all of the ways and get all of the things. So oh, tell us all about you. that first and then we'll sure. go back. Thank you. Um, I'm mostly on Instagram. Um, Cameron Bellum with my interesting German last name, which is, it's my husband's name. Yeah. That's um, not how I've been saying that Cameron. Yeah, it's not how I said it when I met my husband either. He had to correct me. Um, yeah, there's a we used to say in Russian when we had two continent two consonants together like that. Um, my professor would say like, "Oh, we need a visit from the vowel fairy." Um, so there's a there's a Just vowel missing. A little vowel yeah. dust. <laughs> yeah, we need a vowel there, but yeah, it's Bellum. And um, I'm primarily on Instagram because. It is nicer than Twitter, <laughs> but I am occasionally on Twitter and occasionally on Facebook um, under the same names, but mostly I'm on Instagram. And um, right now I'm working on, um, I have written um, four devotionals for Brick House in the City, and now I am. Get working- them faster. Go <laughs> get them. Okay, go ahead. Um, I'm working on Advent now. That'll be out in December. And then I'm also working on a book project about the spiritual practice of paying attention. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So Instagram handle? Um, Cameron Bellum, B-E-L-L-M. Okay. Yeah. And Twitter's the same place? It's Cameron W. Bellum. I think there's, I thought okay. I was the only Cameron Bellum in the world, but yeah. apparently I'm not. There's, there's another more. like basketball playing Cameron Bellum and that's not me. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I'm sure she's lovely, but, um, okay. So great. Um, what are you hopeful for? You know, I am hopeful for, I think the quickest way to sum it up would be, I am hopeful for normal but like a better normal. Yeah. Like a better normal than 
the one that we had before COVID, a more yeah. just normal, yes, a more amen. loving and caring normal, um, a more diverse normal, a more equitable normal. And I think I think everything that I'm hoping for is kind of tied up in that. I'm, I yeah. think a lot about... Last night, um, I was talking to a friend and I said, when is it, when do you think it's going to feel like normal again for you? Is it going to be like, oh, I'm going to be able to go into this place and do this or, or do this. And, um, it's, it's going to be a long time coming, but my, my greatest hope is that we can build a better normal. Yeah. All of us. Um, it's fun. So I took a little break from social media because my mental health fell apart. And um, when I came back, I kind of jokingly asked a friend, okay, what I miss? And she goes, oh, well, we're all nice to each other now. And I was like, oh, really? And she was like, no, I'm joking. And I'm like, man. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So yes, I I feel that I feel that in a lot of ways. That's you you summed that up per usual very beautifully, Cameron. <laughs> thank you so much for this hopeful conversation. You are such a treasure oh, to so all so of much. us who follow you. If you're not already following, please go do quickly and please come back. I have a, a feeling that we have a jillion more things to talk about. Oh, I would love to. You are delightful. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thanks, Cameron. Friends, you might not know this, but I wrote a book. It's a spiritual memoir of sorts and puts a modern day spin on old parables that are still so applicable to our everyday lives. Judgment, forgiveness, evangelizing, heartbreak, joy. I'd love for you to grab a copy. Head on over to Amazon and look for Rock, Paper, Scissors by Allison Sullivan. Hi, Vivi. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Good morning. Um, so I love getting together with you after an interview because you will have heard something a little differently than I did, or you'll pull out a quote, or Mm -hmm. there's always just something so interesting to me about a second set of ears on the interview, especially your set, which obviously Mm -hmm. I love um, for the last like almost four decades. Um, But did you love Cameron or what? Gosh, you have such a gift for finding and connecting with the very best people. I will take I loved her. I mean, listening to her, like separate and apart from the content, just her, her voice and her tone and her, her being just calmed my spirit. She, it wasn't like what she said, but how she said it. I just felt like it like relaxed my shoulders and lowered my blood pressure and aligned your chakras. (laughs) I don't know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a yoga instructor and I don't actually know either. Um, Yeah. I just, she had so many wise things to say that hit me at just the right time. Yeah. Yeah. She said this one thing um, and I actually stopped to write it down. It was attention taken to its highest degree as prayer. Mm, Uh, I mean, it just, that was like, it really struck me because I'm certain that I spend way too much time, um, definitely to the highest degree at times. Thank you very much on a lot of (laughs) dumb things. Um, and Ah. it could be considered prayer by that definition. And that's probably something I should be examining. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's an interesting perspective. Like all the things that take way too much of our attention. Mm -hmm. I probably definitely should not be focusing, um, to the point of prayer on that dumb thing that I said at the party, you know, right. Right. Go over and over and over again. Yeah. That's a great example. Cause that's exact. I usually perseverate over, um, things that is in some way, like being unkind to myself. And Mm -hmm. I think that that was a big takeaway from her the God Cameron serves is just so kind. And then it makes her kind to others and herself. And you can just feel that like, as I was listening to her. 
Oh, that's so good. I, I hope she's listening. That's really awesome. <laughs> so um, how are you being kind to yourself these days, Beef? Um, shouldn't be a hard question to answer, but it is. <laughs> Um, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, we're taking a vacation this summer and it's bigger and longer and more expensive than what I would usually tell myself we should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Mike and I are just in this really sweet spot of parenting a 12 year old and a nine year old, and we don't have any foster babies right now and felt important to seize the moment and do the thing while everyone, you know, still likes us and wants to hang out with us. <laughs> so we're um, actually going to Canada to just be outside together. And I'm yeah. ecstatic. Oh, that's not, I don't, why does that make me teary? Did you just almost get teary? Right? Yes. yes, Oh my gosh. Wow. Uh, What about you? Uh, So I got into this bind. It it actually wasn't a bind because it was really just kind of normal life, but I had too many things on the calendar at the same time. It was like Mm -hmm. this, this basketball tournament that I thought was going to be two days turned into four and basketball tournaments are just unruly and wild and chaotic. And they take a lot out of me. And, um, there was a day around with basketball. (laughs) No, I mean, it is, it, yeah, it's, it's something I, uh, I, I bring a lot of things to, to emotionally regulate. <laughs> um, but there was a day in between where I had a work day and then we were leaving town. We're leaving town the day after that. So mm-hmm. there was this one day in, day in between and I had an invite to go to Galveston with a friend that I really wanted to do, a friend that I care deeply about and don't get near enough time with. And I had told her yes a couple of weeks ago and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was too much. And I just, because I have wonderful friends that I've let in my life and let journey with me through this mental health process, I was able to just text her and say, part of healing in this time for me is recognizing my limitations. And I'm so limited right now. Um, I just got off of a really intense four days and I don't feel like I have enough time to get to the next couple of days. And I'm, I'm going to have to say no. And it, and she was so kind, of course, and wonderful and accommodating was like, we'll get together again. But I know for certain that a year ago I would have, um, really valued my word like, mm-hmm. but I gave my word that I was going to go do this thing. And now that I've been unhealthy, it's mm-hmm. like, I value my health. And yep, it was this really kind thing to myself to yep. say, I, I can't do that. Right. So yeah, I'm really proud. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. So I'm going to the mountains. You're not going to the beach. Carmen <laughs> said she's walking labyrinths. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. We'll get there beef. <laughs> One step at a time. That was funny. What? That was, did you do that on purpose? A labyrinth one step at a time? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Bye beef. Love you. (laughs) I love you. Thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you for being here. A very special thank you to all guests and sponsors. A really special thank you to Taylor Schroll for mixing and editing. For more content, you can head over to Instagram at Allison M. Sully and TikTok at Sullivan Family TikTok. You can also check out Forte Catholic and subscribe there where you have a 25% chance of hearing me co-host. I am so grateful for all of the love and support that we offer each other here. Today's show was a production of Allison Sullivan in conjunction with the Forte Catholic Podcast Network. For more great Catholic podcasts, head on over to ForteCatholic.com slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.